In today's Live Treasured podcast, discovering the true meaning behind the word disciple and how this new understanding can transform your study of God's word in a way that is life-changing. Hey there, Treasured Tribe. It's Eileen Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast. As you all know, if you have listened to my podcast, I have a uh, much affection for the book Sitting at the Feet of Rabbi Jesus. It brought a depth and transformation to my faith. I keep extra copies of this book around my house and give it out to many people. And it is one of my shelf-worthy books. Uh, Lois is our guest today. Lois, can you say hello? Hello, Eileen and everybody among your tribe. Yes, yes. We're so glad, so glad that you are here to um, to just to just teach us, and I'll, I'll share with you, Lois, what a what a shelf worthy book is to me. Um, I went through a season in my faith where I kept buying book after book after book, and uh, my husband said, "You've got to do something about this because I just had shelves and shelves of books." And so I have one shelf in my house that I say these are all the books that I'm going to keep. And so there are books that I read throughout the year and I love, but I read them and then I'll give them away. And then there are the shelf-worthy books. And those are books that I keep on my shelf and refer back to time after time. And when the Lord began to bring me into this journey of learning more about the roots of the Jewish faith and how that Um, impacted my present day walk with the Lord, I reached out uh, to a friend, a friend of mine and, uh, and asked her if she could recommend a good author, solid biblical background, somebody that I could read to discover more about this. And they recommended your book sitting at the feet of Rabbi Jesus. And it was definitely paramount uh, to my face. So thank you so much. I know how much it takes to write a book, <laughs> the work behind that, <laughs> the yeah, hour. So, yeah. so I just mm-hmm. appreciate that. So why don't you share with us a little bit about um, who you are and what you do um, and how you got interested in discovering more about uh, the, about Rabbi Jesus. Okay. Okay, Eileen, I have a kind of a surprising story. Okay. I actually, well, I actually would say that I am a, the Lord made me a nerd from the beginning. Uh, I come <laughs> from a devout family who uh, we, uh, we, my grandfather was a missionary in Madagascar, and so he's passionate wow, to yes. the world. My, you know, my dad grew up, he had lemurs that sat on his shoulders when he wow. came home from school. And so my grandparents were fired up missionaries. And so um, I come from a, a, a devout family yeah. that uh, loved the, loves the Lord mm-hmm. and still does. Mm-hmm. I don't have a family myself. I'm single. I have a big family, but it is my surrounding family. Yes. And uh, I am, uh, but we are a family of nerds. We, we like studying, and I do too. And so I actually went into the sciences, and I actually got my PhD in biology. And I was actually a professor of biology in my first year, when at my church there was a speaker who was speaking on the the Bible in its uh, its land language and Jewish context and I, and I have to say archaeology and that kind of thing. He's showing pictures of these sites and I signed up saying, "Oh, this sounds kind of dusty and boring," and uh-huh. but okay, I guess that would be good for me. And it was like all the lights went on uh-huh. and uh, like 
whoa. And so that got me fascinated. And the Lord uh, has not stopped that in the same way that you like the book and you keep it on your shelf. But for me, it has been a passion that wakes me up every single morning. Wow. 25 years later, that that class was 25 years ago. I just realized like, wow, that was a wow. long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. That's, That's how funny. I, so I shifted actually from being a science professor and now I am a professional writer and, and speaker. And that's what I do now. I write and talk about our biblical Jewish context. That's my life. I love that. I love that. And you have several books beyond sitting at the feet of Rabbi Jesus. I know you, you shared one with me um, mm-hmm. that you said you thought I might be interested in. I think you would. I yeah. think you would really kind of like And that was walking in the in the dust of, of Jesus? Uh, yes. And we keep using this motif. We, we practice, but this one is called walking in the dust of Rabbi Jesus. We're going to talk a little later about what rabbi means and what it is to. And uh, so those two have been a, uh, this one is, I would say the, you know, sitting at the feet is a kind of a basic guide to Mm -hmm. the Jewish world around Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, And so here we're Mm -hmm. not too much product, whatever, but that's sitting at the feet. I worked together with Ann Spangler, who's a professional author, and she and I had a wonderful time writing it. That was a lot of fun. Um, uh, And it goes through things like Passover and Jewish prayer and feasts and traditions, things around him that in like, oh, that's why they were talking about rabbis and disciples and all these basic, basic things. Then my next book Okay, Walking in the Dust of Rabbi Jesus was actually more about <clears throat> Jesus's Jewish words to disciples. And mm-hmm. how does it, what difference does it make that he was speaking to Jewish disciples? And how does it impact how we understand them? Right. Things, uh, like, um, if you, do you know what the Shema is? Where no. you say, I don't. Well, there you go. Well, we'll have that discussion. It's uh, in the morning, in the evening, they say, Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Ahad. That, that means the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And then they say, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. We know that as yes, the greatest, greatest commandment. commandment. Yeah. Well, that's actually something they've been saying every morning and every evening. And there are numerous, numerous sermons and applications of how do we live that out. And so I have several chapters about uh, how do we love the Lord with all your heart, Um, which is not just your, you're going to hear a little, uh, your heart is not just your blood pumping thing. Your heart is your, of course, your mind Mm -hmm. and not just in the emotional sense but in the in the brainy sense and so actually when you read boring or not you know textbooks and whatever you're actually loving the lord your god with your mind Mm. study is the highest form of worship that's the kind of thing that they would say is that when we study together in a reverent way, and we are, are listening for the Lord speaking to us, it's almost better in prayer, you share your concerns with God. But when you study, you let the Lord speak to you. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, and so that's the kind of thing. Um, so that's, so that's some of these wonderful little things that are running in the background. How, what difference does it make for? him to be Jewish, that it actually enriches and deepens and you get kind of the rest of the picture when yeah. you are learning about his words to us. Yeah. So, yeah. And I love too how, um, how, you know, when, when I was reading your book and you, you talk about it, it, it sort of pulls pieces of the puzzle together 
mm-hmm. and you see a greater mm-hmm. picture. And yeah. for me, one of the things is that I was like, oh my goodness, God is in the details of everything. Yeah, um, and that it's, you know, that, that things are, are timeless uh, with, mm-hmm. with him. And you had started talking about the fact that Jesus was a rabbi um, and that so he had disciples and and he taught them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I want us to go in into that topic a little bit more. In the beginning of our conversation, you mentioned that, is it twice a day that Jewish people will say the greatest commandment? Um, the show. Yeah. The Shema. The Shema. It means to hear, listen up. It means, and I talk about a Shema means to. Uh, it's not just your get the sound to solo, to get into your eardrums, but to actually do this. Uh, I talk about um, the same word Shema means obey. I was mm-hmm. uh, uh, that if you don't do the things that you're told you might as well have not but i tell numerous examples is that in hebrew it's a much smaller language and so each word has kind of a greater width and depth of meaning mm-hmm. when you say um i um here i'll give you a uh mm-hmm. uh here i'll um if you, in the back of our book, we have little, the Shema is actually three passages out of the, uh, out of the Torah. Mm-hmm. And the next passage says, okay, after Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, that's the first part of the Shema, and that mm-hmm. starts with, hear, O Lord. Mm-hmm. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart. I mean, that's good. The next passage, the way it is, we read it in our our Bibles is, if you faithfully obey the commands I'm giving you today, and then it will go on from there. But those words, so if you faithfully obey, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that actually in Hebrew, it's, if you shmine, you shma my commands. I mean, we translate it as faithfully obey, mm-hmm. but it's Shema. Mm-hmm. And so the point being is that um, uh, that the same word is loaded with extra meaning. And so faith, yeah. to put your faith in Christ is to obey. Is to obey him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spirit, so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I that, always. What uh, rabbis want to teach their disciples. That's the, okay, we're getting into the discipling and rabbi thing is that how do we live that? How do we live that? How do, do yes. Yeah. How, how do, how do we, how do we live that out? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I love that you brought out that they say that mm-hmm. twice yeah. a day. Um, and I think that, you know, one of the things that we teach inside of treasured ministries with Bible study is the, you know, the importance of resting on and just, um, pondering, meditating on the word, not Mm -hmm. just, oh, I'm doing this study and blah, 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 but, you know, coming back to it. And so to hear you say that part of the, Mm -hmm the discipline, the divine discipline was to say the greatest commandment twice a day, but, but say it in a way with reverence to where it's, it's becoming a part of uh, your being to the point where it's impacting your beliefs because, you know, the Bible says that faith and actions walk hand in hand and, um, that always challenges me. For example, um, when I review my prayer life, yeah. uh, what does that say about what I really believe? You know, and so we can say anything, right. but what is getting deep into the rest, re- recesses of our soul to where it is impacting our actions? Yeah. And 
if they said, and, and, you know, there's other scriptures like inside of the book of Joshua, mm-hmm. uh, Joshua 1, 8, God told them to keep the book of the law always on your lips, meditate mm-hmm. on it day and night so that you yep. may be careful to do everything written in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in Deuteronomy, it says, fix these words of minds in your hearts, your minds, ties them as symbols on your hand and bind them to your foreheads, teach mm-hmm. them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you wake up, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Sticky notes are great for that. Sticky notes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sticky God, notes are great. God commanded yeah. sticky notes. Thousands of years ago. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But, uh, but, but so just the perception of the fact that, uh, that, that renewing our mind to the word is, uh, is a part, is a, is a big vital part of us uh, walking it out. Um, and that Bible study is not just this thing that I come to, that I come back and revisit it and come back yeah. and revisit yeah. it. And even when yeah. we were talking about yeah. the purpose yeah. of the annual feast, that those yeah. are about remembering. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so just that reminder for yeah. us, right. um, we yeah. always have to keep it, keep it before yeah. us. Um, yeah. And Colossians yeah. talks about in, in yeah. chapter one, it talks about, you know, you must not drift away from this assurance that you have. And so many times I'll speak with women and they will say they will get so down on themselves because, you know, they've had this revelation in their quiet time in scripture and then, oh, then they fall to it. But what they don't see is that God's put in a provision inside of his word and that it's, it's natural for us to drift yeah. And the remedy for that is to yeah. continually remember. And one of the ways that we can do that yeah. is by pausing, I think, That's right. when you wake up, right That's before right. you go to bed. Right. And yeah. and I think sometimes, too, one of the reasons we don't do that is we maybe make it more complex than it, you don't have it to. should be. Right. You don't, and I can add, I can add a couple of really lovely things that I bet yeah. the Lord has put yeah. on, that are just very completely a part of what you're describing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this passage that you're quoting, which actually is part of the Shema, it, it, it doesn't just go. In Deuteronomy? Yes. Yes. It, the, not just the love. The, I mean, we go, mm-hmm. yay, love the Lord your God with mm-hmm. all your heart and all mine is straight. And the very next line is part of what you say every morning. You shall teach, you shall repeat these things. And actually that Hebrew word, talking about them, we sit at home, walk along the road. What you're just quoting is all a part of that Shema thing. Mm. And, and, but that Hebrew word, you shall repeat these to your children mm-hmm. is actually, uh, it's the, it says, Tam. And the word is not really about re- recite or repeat. Mm-hmm. It comes from the word for when you're sharpening a knife and you and you go, uh huh, yeah. You sharpen you're you're honing a knife by repeatedly, yeah. and that's what you're doing is you're honing your your brain and your life by repeatedly sharpening yourself into the Lord's word. You're carving mm. it deep into your soul. Mm. I have a, <clears throat> my, um, I'm staying, uh, I'm at my brother's house right now and my sister-in-law and I are good friends and she's a, she is a incredible singer and a choir member. And she says, you know, it's the songs that yeah. ha- I know by heart mm-hmm. that, um, that are ingrained in her soul, that those are the scriptures that speak to her. And you notice that when you're reading about these words shall not depart from your lips. Yeah. That's because the ancient Israelites learned things very well by rote. And we say, oh, I don't think. Yeah, I don't want to do that. God doesn't say, put these words of mine in a book on your bookshelf mm-hmm. as I'm privileged to be on your bookshelf. Mm-hmm. But he says, they're on your lips and in your heart. Mm-hmm. And that's, 
their natural place. That's where they're supposed to be. I'm feeling very convicted personally myself. Cause yeah. Yeah. Well, but it's just, I think it's just a shift. And, you know, when we're looking at Bible study to remember mm-hmm. the importance of, um, of putting the word inside mm-hmm. of our minds. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. because back in a biblical times, they didn't have printing press and Amazon where you could just click and order the book and it would show up. Yeah. Um, but yet the yeah. benefit of that was yeah. that they would have to memorize um, the, the Bible. And I love, though, how you pointed out it's not rote, but no. a rhythm in, in your, in your everyday yeah, life. Yeah, and, you know, and the more that we, when we, we speak the word and again, um, mm-hmm. and we talked about this in our podcast on Passover, we don't do it to get mm-hmm. God's approval. It's all, it's all in the, it's all in, he's molding us to be his disciple. That This is for our benefit. So it's, no. it's speaking no. that word out loud, but I love to something that you said about teaching and mm-hmm. certainly um, there are children that we have naturally, but then there are also people that the Lord puts in, in our lives to share the word with, and they could be people that are our same age, you know, but just maybe, you know, growing in their faith. Um, but there's something I think that happens with us when we teach something and not preach at, but just sort of in the course of the day. Mm-hmm. bringing in a, a mm-hmm. word from the Lord or a scripture from mm-hmm. the Lord, yeah. mm-hmm. sharing it with, uh, with somebody. One of the things mm-hmm. inside of our nourishment that, that we ask people to do is to share what mm-hmm. God has, has told you. And yeah. so in that, yeah. mm-hmm. when you're teaching us about the Jewish faith, I know that yeah. God reaches back into your life, right? And solidifies it deeper. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. And yep. so the teaching has a, a two purpose fold that it helps us to obey um, yep. the Lord, but it yep. also reaches into the lives of, of others. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I love That's that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I love the connection. Is it Shaman? Is that how you pronounce it again? Shema. 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 It just means hear, but it means obey. It means everything in between. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So tell, um, something that I would love um, for you to talk about, I um, love in your book, love it. And I, I hope every woman is, is listening because so many women, I think, um, we look for that instant fix. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it creates... It, it cre- with our with our sanctification, with places in our life that we want to be free from, whether it's jealousy or unforgiveness mm-hmm. or, or whatever yeah. it is, yeah. and mm-hmm. we get very down on ourselves because we've created these unrealistic expectations about the mm-hmm. instant fix. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that God can't completely like in an instant because of course He can and sometimes He does, but I think, and you talk about this in your own, in, in your book, that it's more about that intimate relationship with the Lord that he takes with you every day, yeah. that he mm-hmm. is discipling you. So can you, can you bring, and see, this is, this is why your books are so good because they bring us that perspective into, uh, into discipleship. Can you round out that imagery for our audience of, of the disciple and of the intimate lifelong, you know, journey that that is? Sure. Sure. Well, I mean, we, we think of teachers as teaching in classrooms. And so, and we think of evangelists teaching in big stadiums. And so a Christian will say, you know, it might say, you know, Jesus, you know, he preached the gospel, you know, mm-hmm. on the Mount of mm-hmm. uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And you'd think, you know, he had all those people that were thronging around them. And you, you scratch your head at why does he keep shooing them away often? You know, it's like, those too many crowds. I only want 12 of you. Let's go off and run off by ourselves. And maybe only three of you. 
Mm-hmm. Let's just spend times by ourselves. And you're like, Jesus, hello. Mm-hmm. We got to reach the world here. Get more crowds out there. Lecture to the crowds. Mm-hmm. Because he could just do some miracles. Bam, bam, bam. Mm-hmm. Poof. Mm-hmm. Could just get his message out so fast. And it would be so great. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he keeps um, pushing the crowds away. And he mm-hmm. keeps investing himself in these these disciples right. who are not very perfect guys. They're not they're not amazing overachievers of virtue. They are asking. They're sitting there arguing with each other about mm-hmm. who's the greatest. Mm-hmm. And they come up to Jesus and are like, "Okay, we want to blow these these Samaritans to smithereens because yeah. we yeah. like them." Yeah. 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 How are you so dull? You know, yeah. or yeah. You know, Jesus makes them all the, you know, they pull up these fish you're like, oh, wow. You know, mm-hmm. Peter, wow. And I mean, the whole gospels are these continual stories of these guys. Um, the Lord is teaching, 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 teaching. Mm-hmm. Slowly, by example, where he is living the way the Lord has said, you know, to and doing hard things and invite. He's living by his own example, and then his disciples are being invited to. They <clears throat> disciples would, <clears throat> for a period of time, for years, it could be, even if they were married. And they had to get their wife's permission, actually. Mm-hmm. For longer than 30 days, you had to get your wife's permission. But you, a disciple would um, follow the, the, the teacher from town to town as he's giving talks. They would have you know, little groups of folks. They would have these long and deep discussions of what the scriptures say and how do we enact them how do we live as god's people that's what he's trying to do he's not just trying to teach you doctrines check 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 he's not just trying to honestly he's not just only trying to counsel you he's trying to form you into a whole different kind of person who has a wonderful new functional attitude where you are loving and ministering to people around you it takes a lot of time and you, I, I personally, I imagine, you know, the first time you think of how Jesus and his disciples go to eat with somebody really hostile to, or, or some, mm-hmm. some, uh, um, um, <clears throat> tax collectors mm-hmm. where people hate their guts because, oh, you know, he, uh, had one of his guys, shake down your grandmother and take her last shekel because he serves the government and he's getting rich. And so you as a disciple are following Jesus into this corrupt man's house and sitting down and you hate his guts and you can't believe and you're choking on the, well, I can't stand this. And to imagine a God full of grace who is calling this man to abandon this and to, to change himself that that you're living into a reality that is just beyond you and i would imagine that those disciples when they first first person that they visited that they were you know like i can't believe it and they probably sat in a corner didn't eat anything like what but jesus keeps doing it Mm -hmm. let's go have supper with these people Mm-hmm. and minister to them let's do it again and like honing it into them he's honing it sharpening sharpening and right. you hear that that's what you're talking about he doesn't just wave his magic wand yes he yeah. heals people bam mm-hmm. but he doesn't heal disciples he doesn't heal disciples of he doesn't heal peter of saying goofy dumb things yeah. he i mean not right away but yeah you see Peter changing slowly over yes. time. And what yes. you're asking about. Yes. We want instant fixes. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, he... Um, we want those instant fixes because, I mean, sin is painful. 
It's yeah. it's painful when people make yeah. choices that hurt us. Yeah. And then it's painful when we make choices uh, that yeah. hurt us. And so yeah. we yeah. want the pain, the pain yeah. gone. And, um, and I think yeah. though that, um, Sometimes these unrealistic expectations can be created or this hocus pocus, do these three steps and shake, yeah. rattle and roll. Yeah. Whereas the model in yeah. the biblical model yeah. is, is learning through mm-hmm. relationship. That's right. That's right. Over a lifetime. He sure, he hones us. He, he models us. us and hones us. Yeah. Sharpens us into, yeah. I mean, in a, any way that, yeah, exactly. exactly. And that and that happens every day. That happens every day with the Lord. That the salvation yep. is a um mm-hmm. uh an a a decision that we make, but the mm-hmm. sanctification and the surrender mm-hmm. that's a lifetime journey. Okay. And if that's we right. can switch the perspective, which is what this biblical rich biblical context does to that it's it's okay mm-hmm. that I'm not perfect. Nope. Then it takes the pressure off to perform. That's right. And it turns into a a walk where you know you're not where you should be, but but you're on your way and every day you're waking up, okay, Lord Jesus, you know, where where are we going today? And you you can just watch Mm -hmm. Jesus being a rabbi in your life where I mean, how many times, Lois, have you Mm -hmm. read a scripture? That uh, that the Holy Spirit gives you that loving conviction, and then mm-hmm. in a week <laughs> you will have oh, the yeah. opportunity to live that oh, yeah. out. You know what uh, I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, totally. so you can just see the, the Lord. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, or or if you're you mentioned that your sister in law uh, is is in the choir. I have friends who are on the worship team, and they're constantly mm-hmm. sending me songs, and they love that. But they'll say, mm-hmm. you know, I was singing this song, and then. Yeah. That Family. next week. So, yeah. so that That's is, um, that is how the Lord teaches us. And I think that that can take the pressure away for us yeah. to perform That's right. and allow yeah. God to do the work through mm-hmm. us. We so, practice. so we just keep, yep. we keep practicing, right? Yep. We keep practicing and God will give us opportunity to, to, to do that. And then, yep. um, but, but we do have a responsibility and yeah. the responsibility is to, um, is, is to Shema. Is, is to Shema. Right. Have you, um, I, I, I'll take a chance. Have you seen the movie Groundhog Day? Yes. You know, yes. with Bill Murray. I mean, it's a classic. Many yeah. people haven't seen it, but a lot of people have. Yeah. And actually, to me, that is discipleship. You remember that he starts uh-huh. out kind of a uh-huh. self-absorbed, crazy yes. a jerky guy yeah and he has and the and god the guys the people who made this movie were jewish so but that doesn't mean anything and it's not a but the whole point is that he's forced to relive this day over and over and over and gradually figures out how to make the most out of his day and he does it by learning to be a person who serves God who loves people and blesses people around him. <laughs> so I, I laugh because people like Groundhog Day, but that actually is really what discipleship is about is you keep yeah. the clock clicks at six o'clock and then bam, one more time. Right. Let's try it again right. over and over and over and over and over. And gradually, Lord willing, if you keep listening, hearing, you keep schmying, over and over and over, you become more and more part of Christ-like. you. Christ-like. You yeah. become transformed. You're not yes. just, in, it's not about information. It's about transformation. Yes, yes. The transformation. And that's the point of being a disciple is that you're being transformed into becoming like your rabbi, the, yes. the teacher who has invested himself in teaching you you yes. become like, like them, and yeah. we become transformed to become like Christ. And yet, and when we are teaching our children, mm-hmm. that's very humbling. Uh, I don't have yeah. kids, 
and yet I can say <laughs> from <laughs> other people. Other people tell me it's yeah. very humbling to have kids. Yeah, definitely, but, definitely, definitely. You, you're gradually being molded and shaped. And if if you keep shmying, hearing and listening and humbly serving, because that's a thing disciples were supposed to do. It wasn't just a, that they they're <clears throat> students. They're servants. Mm. When they speak to him as rough, that means master. Mm. He's the boss mm-hmm. and you're the you're the servant. Yeah. Uh, what he says goes. Yeah. And if he says it, I got to go do it because right. he's my boss. Right. And so we have to think in terms of, or think of it like that you're an apprentice mm-hmm. and that you're, you, you've, I, I'm not a painter, but imagine that I've been, you and I have been chosen mm-hmm. to learn to be Michelangelo. Michael, I don't know. And so Michelangelo, if, you know, you're sitting there, you pinch yourself every day. I can't believe we're working on the Sistine Chapel. Right. I can't believe it. Right. And yet you get to, but if he says, don't put, don't paint that over there. You oh, don't, I'm not going to paint because he told right. me not to. You, right. you kind of got this awe filled relationship with mm-hmm. the master of living the way the Lord has intended for human beings to live in relationship with other. And so you are always listening. How am I supposed to, how do I do the next thing? Oh Lord, Mm -hmm. how are we going to do this together? I'll goof it up, but we'll paint that out and try it again. But you keep keep imitating your, but yet you got to serve. He's the boss. Mm -hmm. I am not the boss. I have to do what the suck, what he tells me. Surrender. Surrender. Yeah. And instead of looking at, I, I tend to think, and I, I would love to share this analogy with you and you tell me where, Mm -hmm. where I'm wrong or what, you know, with it. But I think about, um, the, that exchange from the old to new covenant as one of the biggest things for me personally Mm -hmm. is the exchange of the how, Mm -hmm. not that the law was, the law is holy. The law is uh, the law is timeless, but how do I do this? How the how changes? Yeah, and yeah. and for me, um, for me, it's it's kind of like this. I I my exercise of choice is an exercise methodology called Pilates. Um, so I have. Are you laughing because you? I know you're like no. this came from left field. You bringing this in? No, no, no. But tell me, I'll, because I've written about. I'll tell you about Pilates afterwards. But okay. you tell me about okay. Pilates. So, okay. so when I when I started out with with Pilates, I bought, bought a book on how to do it and read the book and uh, and then you know tried to do it myself and and it was good and beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but when I um, started to take lessons mm-hmm. one-on-one mm-hmm. with a instructor that was, mm-hmm. she used to be a ballet dancer. She was, you know, the Pilates, mm-hmm. uh, the Pilates queen? guru. Yes. Guru. Queen? The Pilates guru. queen. It okay. took everything to, to a new level. And yeah. I wasn't running back and forth. Like, am I doing this right? Am I, am I keeping everything correct? Like, like, you know, with, with the book, mm-hmm. I was simply, mm-hmm. uh, with listening to her mm-hmm. and, and following her and imitating her and imitating her. her. Yeah. Yes. And so for me, that's, yeah. that's the biggest. And, and, you know, sometimes we can put, mm-hmm. All of, okay, I've got to get it all right, and I've got to know everything about Pilates and do do everything versus I'm showing up to be right. with my teacher. That's right. And I'm going to listen, yeah. and I'm going to do what the teacher tells me. Yeah. And, you know, Treasure Ministries, we say, it's one day at a time, yeah, yeah. one step that's at right. a time. That's right. And that's, that's your role. And that's a very that's free show up. Show, show up. up, show up. It's they a very freeing up. place to be. And I know if God has asked me to do something, yeah. then he, because of the new covenant, 
there's yeah. the, the ability will be there to do it. The Holy Spirit will be there Amen. with me. Yeah. So, um, so that's sort of my, <laughs> that's sort of my old new covenant understanding. But I, That's very much. And I, I, I don't want to, I realize there is a, the, the, this powerful sense of God's precious grace that mm-hmm. pours out on us. And, and that is, that's for, is you're right, is very apparent in the new covenant mm-hmm. in a way that you don't find it in the mm-hmm. Old Testament, the mm-hmm. Hebrew Bible. I am um, <clears throat> there. Well, part of me and I, I'm going to I got two things and I have to tell you my thing about Pilates. And I think you might like it because you but I got to back up is I'm going to push this is gonna. It's this will be something in the future, but the word Torah, which of course law, 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 in Hebrew it means guidance and instruction. Mm-hmm. And the Proverbs thirty-one woman, mm-hmm. when she speaks, she has a Torah of Hesed mm-hmm. that comes out of her mouth. She has a teaching yeah. of loving kindness mm-hmm. that comes out of her mouth. Mm-hmm. Hesed God, is that. That unfailing love of God, correct? Bingo. Okay. And there is a Torah of Hesed that comes out of her mouth. Mm. Torah mm-hmm. of Hesed. Mm. So you have to, you're, I'm going to challenge you to enlarge your idea of mm-hmm. Torah as not, <clears throat> and you're, and I know that that's where we all come from, from, I came from that too, is really, really? a Torah, a teaching, a, a guidance mm-hmm. of Hesed. And so I, that's what I won't, that's what it says about this wonderful Proverbs 31. And so I have learned that even though the, a lot of things that are law shaped in the old Testament are painful or hard to deal with. And they, and a person can be very, uh, and, they uh, in a lot of churches or in a backgrounds. I don't know your own background of where you came from. A lot of is this. Uh, you must, yeah. and you have that sense Shame, of condemnation. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. Such a horrible. Yeah. Uh, there, but yet originally, the Lord is guiding. Yeah. Guiding, obviously, what He says goes. It's not just maybe you might want to do it. No, you got to do it. But at the same time, it's hard to make that shift of, you mean that Torah actually means uh, a woman, like I said, I think that's the best place to put it is, is that the proverb, she, she speaks and out of her mouth comes a Torah of Hesed. So this is not the same word for law as that you're used to, but I'm, I'm going to challenge you. That's a new future thing is that maybe talk about that. I'm not, and I'm not trying to make you become a legalistic Jewish Christian, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm not going there, but yet consider a father who gives his children, uh, you know, don't touch the stove. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Right. <laughs> don't, don't take drugs. Don't, mm-hmm. you know, things sound like, but dad, I want to take drugs. Right. Right. And I want to touch like, the stove. Yeah. I touch the stove yeah no no don't touch the stove and i really mean it don't run across the street don't run into the street i mean it it is my law mm-hmm. it's my loving guidance don't yes. do yes. So, yes yes yes, so, yes. But, and that please. can and and you know um in my quiet time i'm actually in the 10 commandments this week in exodus 20 mm-hmm. And I circled that word instruction because inside yeah. of your book, you talk about that. And I mm-hmm. thought th- these were God's instructions yeah, yeah. for us. Yeah. And I think that our wanting to get uh, away yeah. from it is that yeah. because they're presented incorrectly and the shame that can be yeah. attached to that. So yeah. God took right. all that away. With the forgiveness of sin. So this whole time I'm in this discipleship relationship with him where he's saying, Eileen, 
Yeah. Eileen. Oh, yeah. Stop, right. touching, stop touching the stove. Stop touching the stove. Um, the whole time that he's doing this with me, yeah. it's not It's not because he's condemning me. It's because he loves me. That's and true. he Amen. he is, keeps shaping yeah. me and, and molding me. And so yeah. I definitely yeah. appreciate that perspective. Um, yeah. And uh, and it's, def- it's definitely needed. And I think now in a time where... You know, there's so much question on what is true and people are searching for truth. I'm so grateful for God's instruction. Yeah, I'm so grateful for God's instruction um, inside of my life. And so looking at it as priceless, James talks about the law that gives freedom inside of our life. Yeah. And then understanding that the how to doing it yeah. is not mustering up all this, you know, and live perfectly, but yeah. through that, he, through the Shema, the, the yeah. hearing and, and the, the obeying. Um, I have loved this conversation. Yeah. I, I want to close our time yeah. together uh, yeah. because I, uh, with the fact, um, and I w- would love for you to get your insight on this. I've noticed inside of the Gospels that every time, not every time, but many times that a woman addresses mm-hmm. the Lord, it's mm-hmm. rabbi, teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and can you give some insight into the fact that, uh, what was it, was it outside of the box in that day that a woman was allowed to call Jesus a rabbi? Um, Well, let's see. It's a little more complex um, um, than we realize. And um, women, you might be surprised. Okay, let's see. We do not know of any, there are no women who are rabbis in the ancient Jewish context. Mm-hmm. No, there, the women. Um, um, let me see. And um, in terms of observing uh, all the the many, many, many laws that uh, that are yes onerous and difficult, the way Judaism deals with things you wonder now how are we supposed to pray three times a day and then do all these things that are traditional that god said so um men were obligated women were not women are not obligated to go to the synagogue to hear the prayer uh, to do the prayers uh for shabbat they're not obligated to mm-hmm. of course they're um of course they have to observe the sabbath but in some ways, that kind of just excludes you, is that you're not, nobody expects you to offer sacrifices. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you're part of the family, you got to do what right. your husband That wasn't says. your role. That it wasn't, wasn't your role. Right. And that's actually part of the reason why mm, you see, uh, like, Ruth, and this goes, stretches all the way back to ancient times, is women are just not a part of the main people who are expected to worship the gods in a sense. You know, when Ruth, who's a Moabitist, Mm -hmm. wants to join Israel, nobody protests because Ruth is, she's she's not a man. Men Mm -hmm. are expected to do this. Women kind of are, yeah, whatever you want to do Mm because we don't care what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so women are not necessarily recruited and taught the scriptures mm-hmm. very much mm-hmm. because it's not expected because their lives are already. And um, remember, ancient times, mm-hmm. you, everybody, in order to live and eat and breathe and survive, must be a part of a family. Mm-hmm. If you're a woman and or a man, the thing that you want more than anybody else, just like nowadays, I want to have a job. I want to be, you know, mm-hmm. you want to be parents. You want mm-hmm. to meet and marry and have a wonderful big family. And you know what? That will take your whole life and that's your job. And women especially, that's their job. 
That's mm-hmm. what they got. That's their role. This is their lives. Mm-hmm. And that is traditionally how it's done mm-hmm. for the rest of the whole world. And so there's no time to do anything else. Remember that we didn't invent washing machines until a few decades ago. Right. right. So there is no, so that's what I would say is that women, there were not much expectations in the first century. Rather than saying that they snap the whip and you go back in and stop mm-hmm. listening to the rabbi. Mm-hmm. Actually, you find in the, um, especially if a woman's father or uh, was a rabbi himself. There were some women, girls, who they herded around the supper table all the time because you're supposed to talk, talk teach these to your children, talk about them when you're around. And so around the supper table, you learn a lot. And there were actually some very well-educated women who mm-hmm. actually would come to the synagogue and sit, you know, they would, mm-hmm. uh, they'd be the wives of, of disciples mm-hmm. and people when they're doing their studies. And in the earliest re- of post first century debates, you actually hear them inputting mm-hmm. the women actually inputted um, a few centuries later. And honestly, probably there was some animosity between Christians and Jews. Um, Christians enveloped, allowed the women to because of this model of Jesus, who mm-hmm. um, encouraged, uh, you know, like with Mary and Martha, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, had a lot of interaction mm-hmm. with them. Um, you do find it in some of the oldest, earliest Jewish documents of the women having these discussions, mm-hmm. and it, that door kind of closes after about four hundred, or in about the fourth century, three hundred, four hundred. What were they sudden. discussing? Um. Uh, <clears throat> halacha, um, how to, um, the debates they love to talk about is how to live out God's Torah, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is kind of, we would say, oh, laws, mm-hmm. but they're having discussions about. Mm-hmm. They're what, having Bible study. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. They're, yeah. That's, but the women are discussing. So I'm not sure if, um, that probably isn't exactly what you're expecting to hear um the women had but, but they yet, chose they chose then that's it was, right they're they're yeah. they're following jesus that's right um and remember you remember you turn the page to paul mm-hmm. and you see that everywhere paul goes he's going to the synagogue and the people who are standing there waiting for him are the women Mm-hmm. And the women, the reason why is these are, a lot of them are Gentiles mm-hmm. who have found the God of Israel. Mm-hmm. And if they were men, they would have been expected to be offering the, they, everybody would have objected of them to, uh, to leave their gods. But women have, and there's a reason why there were so many women in the early church who were much more active than you would expect. And it's mm-hmm. because um the lord opened the doors and the way and he um in much i would say that the ancient world the gods of the ancient world were not very interested in recruiting the women because the men were the movers and the shakers and the mm-hmm. women were just the the wiping the sniffly nose of the little kid mm-hmm. doers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but That's Jesus, them. but, but so the women, yeah. so then with that context, then is yeah. it true then that the women who called Jesus rabbi and who mm-hmm. traveled with him, yeah. like in, yeah. in Luke yeah. chapter yeah. eight, that that was a choice. Oh, definitely. Exactly. That they Obviously. made. They were, um, yeah. And it was, was it a choice that kind of went rogue, like to what was expected um, of them or? Good question. I'm. Well, obviously, you could see that <clears throat> that um, Mary was pushing back on expectations with Martha. You mm-hmm, know, be a, mm-hmm. be a good woman. Yeah, make a really lovely house. You know, mm-hmm. and do and um, I I think and Jesus uh, he when he says Mary has chosen the better thing, mm-hmm. um, that actually is that's actually a He's using a same 
quotation. It comes from the scripture. It comes from Psalm 16. It talks about, you are my portion and my lot, O Lord. Um, I have no good apart from you. And um, it is part of Jewish tradition. Post-Jesus Jewish tradition is that the study of the scriptures is the best portion, is uh, the best, you know, you're, you're my portion. It means it's like when um, with an inheritance, you slice it up and you give it to your kids. And some people get a little better you, cutting up a pie and you get a better slice of the pie. Mm-hmm. That slice is the best part of the pie. Yeah. And the person who gets it is really lucky. And, and the person who chooses to study the scriptures is choosing the best portion. portion. Mm-hmm. And she has chosen that. And so he's saying, Mary has chosen the best slice and I'm not going to take it away from her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are a lot of lovely, great womenly things. There's, you know, there's, there's crafts. I love crafts and mm-hmm. cooking. And I got to say, lots of, you know, lots of ladies. And, and then, you know, when you get into healthy foods, you're like, I need to learn about making organic everything and raising my own farm and putting in. And you know what? It can suck the life out of you and you spend your whole life just learning how to cook and clean and make your house beautiful. And I think the Lord, I'm a nerd, but, and I think he has recruited some of us to study the scriptures and that might be at the expense of organic cooking. Maybe you don't have to do everything organic and maybe, and I'm a person who I'm not a good cook, (laughs) but I am a, um, I would say that is the portion in that sense. He is pushing back on the women's portion, which is about, traditionally the feminine things and he's mm-hmm. saying no why don't you study the scriptures with yeah, me and that in a way is oh my so, yeah. so okay that you've actually um just as i told you this i just you know how the holy spirit speaks back at you mm-hmm. i just had to explain it back to myself yeah in yeah. some senses the lord is saying to mary a woman is not defined by her womanliness you need to study the scriptures and it is the better portion. It's the best wow. piece of pie. It is the best piece of land. And I want you to do that. And in some sense, yes, that would be a shocking pushback. Right. To, and I think even in our world and even to sweet Christian ladies who spend all their time Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I'm pushing back myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, just like it's an invitation to let go of the laundry. <laughs> really? So yeah, yeah, yeah. when we look at it that way, it's it's an invitation to yeah. let yeah. go of the laundry to to spend some time listening to the Lord and Hey, I'll vote for that all day. <laughs> I'll vote oh, for that really? all day. Yeah. Yeah. But it means scriptures instead and study mm-hmm. and Havarim. We haven't talked about how, you know, you need to have friends and study mm-hmm. friends who you envelop and expect something and you keep chewing things over and you push each other. Yes. You know, jogging partners who get, Say, put your shoes on, get your button gear, off we yes. go. Try yes. harder now. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. And you, you talk about that in your book. And, you know, community is such a great um, addition to yeah. your time in, in God's Word. I always say it brings it into a 3D level. Yeah. Um, and I have a group of women that I Zoom with um, yeah. from all over the country uh, on yeah. Friday mornings, and it is yeah. it is such a gift to to yeah. be with those women, and so um, yeah. definitely the community part is tribe. is an aspect yeah. of it. I, yeah, talk, you're talking to your tribe right now, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know exactly how you use those words, but yes, you you shape and influence other. You push yeah. back on each other, and you interact, and you 
argue with each other and you, maybe you don't argue. If you're like me, you don't argue. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I'm kind of the same way. So, um, but I, uh, I, I love that. And I love, um, I love how you bring that into your book. I remember reading about that and sitting at the feet of mm-hmm. of Rabbi Jesus. Um yeah. and and I have on my list now your your new book Walking in the Dust of of Rabbi Jesus yeah. and we'll be excited to to learn about that and of course we will be putting the links to your books in in our podcast description. Um this was an amazing time together and you know time is a woman's most valuable commodity. And Lois, I just appreciate you sharing your time with with our tribe to help to sharpen us yeah. and strengthen us. That's right. Yeah, and, and bring bring our faith deeper. Bring our faith deeper. And and if you would like to continue this journey, um, I want to invite you to visit Lois's website. She's got a r- great website. It's easy to remember, rrabbijesus.com. And we'll put that link in the bottom of our podcast description, as well as links to Lois's two books um, that she's mentioned. And she's written lots of books. So we'll put we'll put all our books on there. You can peruse and see if there's one that you would like to start with. Oh, I just love learning from Lois. Her writings have really helped me bring a depth to my Bible study, and I hope today was a blessing to you as well. Thanks again, everybody, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.